welcome to RTFC, the only podcast that tells you to read the fucking card before you play it. I'm Tony, and I'm joined with uh, Phil and Kirk in our ever-popular Kirk's Basement. Today we're going to review a bunch of the new spoiled cards from New Phyrexia and try to get a good idea of what cards you shouldn't be playing and the cards you should be playing and constructed and uh, limited. Let's uh, let's avoid talking about block because uh, you shouldn't talk about block. And... uh, and, uh, yeah, let's learn some. Let's get right into things by talking about the big uh, spoilers that were heard before the cards were released. Uh, apparently there was a big leak from uh, Wizards of the Coast, and everybody kind of knew about the cards before they were officially released. Now, we're going to talk about how this affected, you know, their business as a whole, and what exactly does this mean for future sets. All right, well... The way I'm seeing it is a lot of people don't really care about stuff like that, and so they're like, oh, we just want the spoilers. But, see, I take a slightly different approach to it, because I think that it's kind of screwed up about the early leak and everything like that, because a lot of the, mainly the problem is the secondary sites that usually make get all their trafficking and everything from the little spoilers they get, all the work they put into their articles and whatnot, totally got ruined. You know, so it's like, it's like, oh, I'm going to put all this work into here, get some traffic in the site, get a big spoiler on cards that nobody else has, and boom, it's gone because somebody idiots decided Yeah, it really put it. a damper on preview week for Magic Gathering. Oh, yeah, and also, like, on the uh, on the Mothership Magic Gathering site, I mean, they put a lot of work into their articles and whatnot for all the spoilers. People love them, people are crazy about them, and now it's all just got ruined, which is kind of unfortunate. It is a shame. With all the uh, all the uh, sadness and depression and emo stuff aside, we're gonna get uh, right into the business here. And yeah, start... I mean, it's not like we're sitting on a copy of the God Book right now looking at pictures. Oh, oh yeah, no, of course not. But uh, I guess we'll start with the one card that everybody wants to hear about, and that's Karn the Liberated. Karn Liberated. Let's see. We have a seven mana planeswalker that effectively. Colorless. Oh yeah, colorless. That's a good point. That is one. In any color, or pretty much just green, because he has a seven mana planeswalker. Uh, he comes in effectively with ten counters, so he's basically like playing another game with your friend sitting right next to you, uh, whose only job is to fuck How your opponent. How many counters does he start out with? Uh, he starts out with six. Six. Starts out with first six. ability is uh, plus four. Target player exiles a card from his or her hand. That's, now, that's very interesting. Actually. Now, I mean, I can see how a lot of people think you probably want to pitch a card from your. And, I like uh, his second ability, to be honest. I mean, minus three, exile any permanent you want. It's like, yeah. hey, guess what? Well, I mean, that's, the fuck it's out. great, but I think that's kind of what you use Karn for. Like, if Karn comes down, if Karn resolves, you get a six-mana Planeswalker with priority. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go, well, do I think Karn's going to make it to 14, which is his ultimate? We'll get to that in a second. Oh, uh, target player exiles a card from his hand, plus four. Puts Karn at ten loyalty... And either you or your opponent exile a card. Now, I'd like to exile an Emrakul uh, from my own hand and put him at 10 just to make sure that I'm either fogging some damage when they swing at him instead of me or, um, you know, I have something set up for the ultimate. Leave it to you. That you got to consider Emrakul. the fact that you could, if you're mana accelerating, that you could maybe have cast that Emrakul instead of Karn. Is that a possibility? Uh, I mean, we're talking about the difference between 7 mana and, 16 and, and 15 mana, so... Like, I, I mean, you know what? Yeah, that's possible. But the other thing, I mean, I'm thinking about, like, what thing about Eldrazi Green? 
Right, it's exactly the deck that... Yeah, this is the deck that kind of was like, cool, Karn, all right, I guess I can't summoning trap into it, but Polaka Worm was boring anyway. So, I mean, you run your Karn in, you run Karn in there, you're going to get to six or seven mana relatively quick in Eldrazi Green. So you're still going to run it like business as usual. It's just that once something gets countered and you don't have the summoning trap, you're like, hi, Karn, and then you're taking control of stuff. So let's go to Karn's second ability is Exile Target Permanent. Once you use his plus ability, you have a 10 Karn. Say someone hits him for 5. Well, he's not. Re he's probably not going to hit his 14 anymore. So let's use him as exactly what he is, which is uh, destroy anything on the board and never deal with it again. 7 mana for 2 Vindicates? I'll take that. Yeah, that's, that's not that's not too shabby. Oh, you got you got to read his final ability. That's, yeah. a, that's yeah. a doozy. If, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Just read it anyway because it's funny to uh, listen to. Minus 14 loyalty. Restart the game. Uh, leafing in exile all non-aura permanent cards exiled with Karn liberated. Then put those cards onto the battlefield under your control. That's kind of why I want to pitch my own Emrakul, because uh, it's just another way of saying, hi, Emrakul, I win. But, I mean, it, it gets even better, because even if your opponent has to pitch pitch a card, and they like, it hurts them more now than normal pitching a card. <laughs> like, if they pitch a card that like, they're like, oh, man, I wish I could have played it. Now it's like, man, I really shouldn't have pitched the second Jace because I don't want to give my opponent a starting Jace. You know, it's, it, it, you know, Drowsy Green. Uh, or any deck that happens to throw it in there. See, the one thing I really hate about that card, though, is his final ability is just annoying. Like, if I'm at a tournament, not playing somebody that does that, like, restarting the game is just making it go on even longer, which could cause tournament implications. Like, you have that old card, was it, like, Charizard or whatever it yeah. was? that restarted the game, and they banned it because of that. Like, I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to get the ban hammer or anything. They don't really do that for standard. He's not a Yagmoth's bargain. He's not Yagmoth's bargain, all right? He's not a... Uh, he's that, not, he's so, not a memory jar. Oh, he's not memory jar, yeah. no. He's he's good. He's I mean, in limited, he's kind of silly. In limited, I guess he's more well, removable than restart the game. Almost every planeswalker, although wins in limited anyway. That's so true. If you get him, and even if you do get him, like I, whatever. Either way, I win. Either I land him and win, or if I lose, hey, I made like what was he going for now? Like 35, 40 bucks right Ooh. now. Karn, fifty. They're pre-selling for fifty. By the way, if he's you bought a drop. Karn for fifty, You're fuck stupid. you. <laughs> like, Don't, like, I want money. I'll sell. I'll sell you all my Karns for fifty. All right. How about that? Just pay in front. Alright, uh, I guess that's all we can talk about Karn, because, let's face it, if you're not running Eldrazi Green, and you, I mean, and you're not and you're running Karn. He playing other decks, but, I mean, like like any other Planeswalker, he is a card advantage machine. And he can go into any deck. Any deck, which I think is also And also, one thing about, like, 7, with the way the st that standard's looking, I don't think that's too far out of reach. I actually think they are finally, possibly slowing the format down, so, like... These Praetors and Karn's that might actually start seeing play. No. It's possible. <laughs> no. no. Praetor, well, I mean, by the like, same argument, you can still summon like, I can see Praetor, games but. going to turn 7 or 8 again now. Like, Goblin Guide's still in the format. Yeah, Goblin Guide will be in. Yeah, long. Yeah, Goblin Guide will be in just as long as, as uh, you know, Summoning Trap is, so. Alright, uh, let's, uh, let's get off of Karn, because I'm bored of him now. Yeah, so let's yeah. move to we're, we're going to go through all the colors we're going to do like five cards or so of every color just to talk about what cards matter we're going to tell you uh, if, it, if they're good in limited if they're good in constructed if they're good in both if they're and I guess if they're shitty we'll just tell you that we just should not mention we'll tell you don't really want to talk about too many I don't know cards. man sometimes there are cards that are so bad they need to be talked about <laughs> <laughs> alrighty uh, we're going to pass it off to Kirk to do some review of I guess
guess white because I think that's the next color in the color book. Okay, you want to read off some of the cards? Okay, the first card in white we are going to talk about is a card that's getting some attention. It is called Dispatch. It is one white mana. It uh, removes target creature from the game if you have Metalcraft. And if you do not have Metalcraft, it taps target creature. Yay. I would like to clarify that uh, before people start comparing this to... Don't compare this to Path to Exile. This is not Path to Exile. Nor is it Swords to Plowshares. It's much to its very inconsistent. And it's not a bad card. It's going to see some play in those Metalcraft Tempered Steel decks. No, it's a bad card. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't Metal think Metalcraft is just so no. The, the, but like... the new Temple Tempered Steel deck—it's just running all those those Frexian colored uh, free, basically free artifact creatures for two that do other things. You can just run mono white, and then you're gonna have like you're gonna have like two or three creatures out on turn one. So you're gonna, and it's always almost always gonna be a path to exile. Like it, for that deck, it'll always be a path to exile. For stuff like Quest White Weenie. Please, I'm telling all quest players to put this in your deck so I can beat you more. That is advice. This card does not belong in quest. Only thing that belongs in quest is more ways to get quest to trigger. That's yeah, that's, much, that's yeah. my opinion. <laughs> uh, we'll get more on quest later. I mean, the card is very inconsistent, and I mean, Twiddle was never played in constructed. Nor, I mean, it's just. It's 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 a real mystery of a card. We're gonna have to see what happens exactly. But let's see what happens. I mean, I'd love to see Isochron Scepter with a dispatch on it. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. That's living, that's living the dream. <laughs> yeah, let's, we're never seeing that card again. Yeah. So Alright, what uh anything I right, yeah, dispatch. Did you really bring in Isochron Scepter into this conversation? Yeah. I'm also gonna say that for every spell. Are you gonna put that in uh in high tech too? I don't need it. It's okay, then we're, we're talking about the new mirror in here. It's around that uh, terrible blue card that we're going to talk about. A oh, terrible blue card. Oh. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Trust me. Terrible. I don't want to lose your attention there, folks. Um, the next card we're going to talk about is Porcelain Legionnaire, which is actually one of the more interesting commons of this set. It is a 3-1 first striker artifact creature that costs 2 and 1 and 2 life as we will say, instead of white Phyrexian. Magic. Yeah, just so everyone knows, if it's a Phyrexian and a color, it's two life. Yes, you can pay it the same way you can pay five to counter a spell with Force of Will. You're not gonna. Just pay the two life and deal with your 3-1 first striker with Force of Will. We will talk about later how this life gain affects magic in general. Um, for right now, though, this card is very interesting because it goes into Tempered Steel decks, obviously. It is a limited... Not a bomb per se, but it is definitely up there in like the top four picks at least. A three-one first striker is pretty good, and a common. And a, yeah, and, I can and, pick and, that and, pretty high. And in the bit. common slot, so I mean, you're you're gonna want to pick this pretty high. Um, there, it does have the liability of having one toughness, which I mean, so it's gonna die to everything. It's gonna die to blister stick shamans and necropedes. And Please don't say blister. No, they're gonna stay. Hey, hey, don't, don't. Um, but I mean, having one. I mean, with tempered steel out, you know, I mean, it's a five-three first striker, which is amazing. And I don't mean to talk in a vacuum, but it is almost like its brother, tempered steel. And this card should always be mentioned in the same conversation. Yeah, here five-three first strikers are pretty good. Yeah. Still dice the bolt though. <laughs> 
Yeah. You want to just you want to just pick another card and just say, oh, it can be killed. Anything can be killed. Pure Steel Paladin. That can be killed. Fuck that card. Pure Steel Paladin. <laughs> I personally I like the card. Uh, Tony does not. Um, I think equipping Argentum armor for. Tony. I mean, not everybody has the spoil. Everyone has the spoil. Um, everybody has the spoil. It's on my website. We'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> whenever an equipment enters the battlefield under control, you may draw a card. It costs two white. And if you have metal craft equipment you control, it costs zero to equip. Now, we will compare this card to the obvious, its brother, the core outfitter. What do you think are the main differences between the guys? What do you think? Like, would you run this over the outfitter? Honestly, I would still prefer the Outfitter, because it just randomly throws that equipment on song. Do you think the draw card part? I think the draw card part is very, very relevant, though. It is? I think it gives it gives card advantage to a deck that never really had, had it before. All right, here's, true, here's, true. here's a little line that I'll, I'll... I've actually had some thought about this. Core Outfitter comes into play, does its job. Like, immediately. It occurs. When the second Core Outfitter comes into play, it's going to move its equipment, and that's fine. If it gets bolted afterwards... No one cares if it gets any. If it gets disfigured afterwards, no one cares. But this guy needs to hit play, resolve, wait for you to play an artifact, or as like a late game. If you've built up your, if you haven't won, if you're playing quest and you haven't won by turn with five, and somehow you manage to push it to a late game because you're playing a mongoloid, you like. What are you gonna do? You you play it then and then go cool i can equip it for free later like i see its utility i do but at the same time it, it needs to resolve and then you have to move to equip as opposed to the outfitter which just does it i get it i understand i i could even see like running one just in case but outside of that it's the entire deck is just core sky fisher glint hawk artifact 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 uh Quest still dies the exact same way, plus three new ways. Quest still dies to Ratchet Bomb. Quest still dies to Nature's Claim. Quest still dies to, like, nine other, like, uh, Pyroclasm. If you can get it early enough, and then you wish your Metalcraft now. Then you play this guy, and you're like, cool, I have a 2-2. That never is going to matter. Also, another thing about that guy is, everyone's talking about putting him in Quest Waiting, right? What are people going to replace with him? Like, I just think what they have in there is already... I don't think he can hurt it, but I don't think he's going to improve it either. I think he's worth trying out, and you know, we will do some testing on that, I'm sure. We'll see in the coming weeks. Yeah, we'll probably, I mean, it's worth testing, definitely, but, yeah, but I just don't really see him being that big of a draw for Quest Wing. But Quest, I still feel that Quest went the right way when they when they put Green in, when they're like, yes. oh well, Quest didn't work, Benjvine hit you in the mouth. Um... I think I think that was the best way Quest decided Quest decided to do. But then again, like how many times do you see Quest top eight? How many times do you see Quest win? It's I mean obviously less than top eighting because they never top eight. Uh, it's it's just one of those decks that like you put together because you happen to have like thirty dollars laying around. And you didn't feel like spending thirty dollars on goblins. Yeah, and you didn't yeah, and you didn't want to throw an extra thirty dollars into it for goblin guides for a while. Like which I mean, I have yeah. to say that outside of constructed type two am very, I do like this card in general. I mean, we are talking about mostly in Quest. I think the card it does pay for itself if you play one equipment. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll give you credit where credit's due because you happen to be a lot better at limited than I do. This I'm not card, even limited, I'm just no, but that's what I'm saying. This card in limited is awesome. Like I'm not gonna argue with the fact that uh, 
wait a minute, you're telling me two mana in white for my a quarter shield to draw me a card? Well, now my a quarter shield is worth zero mana. Well, if you're playing a quarter shield, you're in trouble. That's probably a correct. <laughs> yeah. But even, even at that point, like it doesn't matter what, what artifact you drop down. If you play a Silvuk Life Staff, you now draw a card off of it. Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. You know, and then and you're gonna like Metalcraft and Limited in, infinitely easier to get than Metalcraft and Constructed. So in Limited, yeah, first pick it. Take it. Because you know what? You'll probably find artifacts throughout the rest of the mirror anymore. Just first, first pick you know what? He's yeah. not common, didn't he? No, he's a rare. Oh, yeah, you first pick it. Uh, it, it really does depend on the package. Well, also another thing, going back to draft, like I said, the way they have it set up for us drafting, we're opening new Frexia first and working our way down. The only really good actual stuff for those colors is going to be in Scars and Besiege. Like, it's going to be hard to get pot committed to running a Metalcraft artifact equipment deck in pack one. I can see people pass him. He still should be picked high, but I think it's safe to pass him. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's going to base on your thing. I would like to note that I would take the 3 1 first striker over him. Yeah. I, I'm, the personal engineer. Because he just. These Phyrexian symbols, just for the record, they, they really are going to make a difference in limited. And I think the, the 3 1 first striker is you can run him in any a deck. pure example of that. The next card we're going to review is called Phyrexian Unlife. Very interesting card. It's two and a white man. It's two and white. You don't lose the game for having zero less life. As long as you have zero less life, all damage dealt to you as though it source had infects. Very interesting card. So pretty much it's an enchantment that says two in a white gain ten life. Yeah, more or less. Cool, not interesting. It's in, uh, in, a way, in a way People are gonna try using that with uh one of the cards we're going to be reviewing later on, that friggin' Malira. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk well, about it a little bit now. Basically, we'll talk about the synergy it's, it's, it's called a lockdown. It's not really a good lockdown. It's I like it, but I don't love it because there's really nothing to work with it. Basically, you play a Phyrexian on life, and you guarantee the fact that even if you get to zero, you're not going to die, uh, which basically just a fog against like goblins or such and such. And then you play a Malira, which basically says you can't have poison counters put on you. Uh, and then you just kind of sit there with a platinum. <laughs> Basically, you two carded a Platinum Imperium for like five mana. We will talk more about yeah. later. We'll get to it there. It's just it's a Other cute than that, card. on life just it's pretty good against goblins. But the problem is, if you're main boarding it, you're now running the this. It's a silly combo. You know what the thing is though, Malura makes them lose infect, so they do no. Damage. They deal damage as though they were uh, as though they had infect. They don't gain yeah. infect. It it's comes to the point where they can't those, deal damage. It's one of those but silly. We'll it's not a replacement effect. Um, but that doesn't matter. The fact that they lose infect doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that they um, they can't deal. You can't take the poison counters. So even if you, they're hitting you or with like live wire lash or something, you're not taking poison damage. That's a big deal. The other thing that matters in that is um, like she should have the Malira card. We'll get to her in a minute. She should have like pro black. Like that, she should really be able to stop the one color that's majorly in, in, in fact. Like, maybe, I mean, it's bad enough she dies to every other removal spell ever made, ever. Uh, let's make sure that black can't do it, <laughs> but, you know, we'll get to that. I think that would make the card way too busted. Anyway, the next white card we were going we're, we're honestly not going to spend any more time on Frexian Life, because the card is, in general, just very uninteresting. You can it's even bad. tell by reading it. They've made cards like this before. It's like a a new age worship. Yeah. That but worship saw play. We're also it's gonna we're also not play. gonna mention Norn's Annex, but please read the card and love it for me, because I love it. 
I'm sure it won't see play. Uh, it won't see You're play. You're a terrible human being. It won't see play anywhere. I just think it's cute. It's like it's like if uh, uh, Ghostly Prison and Batwing Broom like had a crazy cracked out baby, and that baby was Norton's ex. <laughs> yeah. One ugly <laughs> yeah, it is. Alright, and what was the last card? Oh, yeah, yeah, this card, she's not going to matter in Extended, she's not going to matter in Standard, she's not going to matter in Limited, but Legacy is going to love her. And talk about Elish Norn? Yeah, Elish Norn. Elish Norn. How is she not going to matter in Limited? In Limited? Because you're not going to. She has the whole problem costing seven mana. Yeah, it is, which is a drawback. Well, just read them, read them, card. read the the card. All I see is a five and two white, that's pretty much turns me off immediately. I hear that's seven mana. This thing's power is four. Okay. It's four. Yeah. All right. Okay. That that's we're we're on a roll here. Why don't you just read the whole card? Stop, stop trying to to melt it. No, no. Just read it. Just read it. I honestly can't. I'm so disgusted by this card that honestly, it's uh, seven mana for a four seven with vigilance that is uh, white crowbax on crack. Plus two, plus two creatures to all you creatures control, you control, plus two, plus two. not including yourself, obviously. Minus two, minus two to creatures uh, opponents control. Yeah. Uh, is it super awesome, amazing, happy, fun time? Probably not. Yeah. Will it be awesome if you reanimate it? Mm, yeah. There's like three million other good things to reanimate. One of those rhymes, I think it's like a titan, one of the five titans. Or, all are immediately better than this card. What, the, the M11 titans? Yeah. guys? Nah, we're talking about a format that, like, you you drop her actually, down. Actually, if you're talking about reanimating her, Grave Titan is actually running uh, Legacy Reanimator now. They use it against goblins because goblins can't win when Grave Titan comes out. So, so, I so they, what they do is they reanimate a Grave Titan to have blockers. Mm-hmm. But what this will do is kill all the goblins the second they come into play. Yeah, got it. I like this one better. Yeah. I mean, they, they run I mean, listen. Titan. I agree that if you're going to pay seven mana for this card, you're you're not yeah. gonna. You shouldn't be playing again. Because most of the reanimator decks, they side out their Ionas against Goblins, believe it or not, because of that what is uh, that Warren's weirding or whatever that yeah, like that. fucks her over. But yeah, no, I think. I mean, I don't think Elishnor is a terrible card. I think she's decent in limited. I mean, she pretty much all the wins in limited, and in constructed like standard type two. I can possibly eventually see her coming into play. It's all a matter... The way it's looking is Wizards has been trying so long to slow down the format to the point where seven drops and stuff are going to be viable now. Games are going to be going on naturally longer. Of course, you're still going to have your rush beat down, so that, but there's going to be decks that can actually muscle their way through that and survive long enough to be getting bigger spells Would out. You wanna they're going to be playing Karn, they're going to be playing her... Uh, what you call it? Um, the the black bitch with the vagina teeth, Shuldred, that bitch. I mean, she's good. This, 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 this argument. Yeah, the other praetor. Any of the praetors. none of these praetors are good, by the way, except the red one. The red we'll get one, to that which one later. we will get to later. Because well. the red one is super red awesome. One excites me what about Jink Taxius? Jink Taxius. We doesn't he cost ten? Isn't he fucking hilarious? Conversation <laughs> over. Um, I hear ten mana is a lot of mana in Magic. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think we're just done with. There's other cards in here. They're cute, but, you know... White didn't really get that much amazing stuff. Staples, no. No, but you know what color it did, right? Blue. Blue did get some really fun stuff. Legacy shake-ups and whatnot. So let's talk about it. Yeah, we're talking about Corrupted Resolve. Corrupted Corrupted Resolve. A very situational counterspell. It costs one in a blue. Counter-target spell if its controller is poisoned. 
replacement. I like that. Yeah, no. Um, it does, doesn't say infected, which is interesting. No, they, it, Wizards no, the new changed term it. they're using now is poison. Poison, which is kind of shitty because I think if you if you can be poisoned you, at ten life, you should be hobbled, and at five life, you should be you know cancer ridden. But yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they should have statuses, and that different things should affect different statuses if they're going to bring players at status of poison. What is this but, Pokemon now? Yeah, exactly. I'll be upside down if I'm confused. Tony is confused. Upside down. Um, Corrupted Resolve. It, it's it's very situational. Obviously, this can't go in a lot of decks. Um, as for limited, I honestly I do not know. I mean, it's okay if your opponent's poisoned. Yeah, obviously. It's no, in limited, I feel it's a little better in limited because in limited you can kind of build a, oh, a, no, a sillier deck. Yeah. Um, but as for constructed, um. It's, I don't see this hitting. Well, no, it's gonna it's gonna see play. Like, there's not even an argument about it. There's go they're going to see play because it is a guaranteed counterspell after turn three. If if you can't poison them at least once before turn three, you're probably in a bad way to begin with. Then you also running mana leaks. I mean, your count now goes from instead of four mana leaks and like two spell pierces or deprives or whatever shit we were running before. Now it's like three and three. This way, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to mana leak something early, and then from now on, I'm going to sit on a guaranteed counterspell that can only be stopped by another counterspell. It's, you're going to get them poisoned. They're going to, and people usually will take the one or two initial starting poison damage. They'll start worrying when they get to, like, four, like, oh, boy, I can get one-shotted by, like, a Distortion Strike uh, Putrefact or some crazy shit. Um, Distortion Strike Putrefact, that's a good one. Green blue infect. I might with that new infect guy. You can't really tell. We're not even gonna talk about him. He's cool. He's basically Plague Stinger on the ground, except not Plague Stinger, Uh, and in blue. Um, All right. So yeah, corrupted conscious. We'll see play. Not necessarily amazing. Blue black infect doesn't seem to need any more help because it's blue black black infect. It either gets there or it doesn't. Guess. uh, Oh, um, if you've been living under a rock, you don't know about the Cyber X arc, right? Oh, oh, Deceiver Exarch. That isn't, that, isn't that guy getting a lot of attention? Yeah, oh, yeah. Let's there's, go over, let's go over this. People are confused because they remember him as Pestermite. Yes, uh. let's go over this card piece by piece. Two and a blue, okay? Uh, flash, which I think is very relevant on this card. When Deceiver Exarch enters the battlefield, choose one. Untap target permanent or tap target permanent and opponent controls. It's a 1-4. Alright, let's, let's break this down here. I mean... For limited, because we know the standard implications already, this is great. Honestly, it's a 1-4, it's a wall. Um, Pestermite was never a really super high pick, because of that one toughness again. Um, there's a lot of things in the format that can kill it. Um, not a lot, not at all. Um, it does, but let's talk about the constructed applications. No, there's no applications, it's one application. One it's, only one. You play it. You put a Splinter Twin on it, and you go to game two. That's exactly. exactly what happens. Everyone has to be aware of this. There's a deck called Pyromancer's Ascension. Yeah, Pyromancer's Ascension just just got, like, so many blue cards that just said, oh, yeah, now I'm viable. Oh, and by the way, I have an infinite win combo on, if you're lucky, turn four. Uh, infinite damage, I think it is, or, well, not infinite, but 9,999.2. Uh... Pestermite comes into play, you throw a Splinter Twin on it, uh, tap it, another Pestermite comes into play. Oh yeah, it's because it's a Pestermite. It's, 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 it's Kiki-Jiki Pestermite. Pestermite. That's all it is. It's just 
Oh yeah, I'm sorry. It's a pester mite that only dies to uh, black cards. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So you get that going on, then you make your infinite ones. If you do try to play it on turn four and you see your opponent has any amount of mana open, you're stupid. Don't do that. Usually wait for one of the new counter spells, or you know, maybe you should have the new peak, the Taxian Probe. We'll get to more into that in a second. Uh, before you even do stuff like that, but uh, honestly. When you have a pet, uh, Pyro- Pyromancer's Ascension build that now has an alternate win condition built in, and it's still Pyromancer's Ascension, it seems like uh, Jake Van Wooden had something going on when he figured that out. Maybe he knew uh, that far ahead of time that we were going to get another Kikijiki combo. I don't know. Either way, Splitter Twin, Deceiver Exarch, win the game. Yeah, you oh, win. What else, what else we got? What else we got, Characters? We got blue. Yeah. Uh, Tezzeret's Gambit. No. Why? Tether's Gambit's phenomenal. Because we're not allowed to speak of it, because we're not good enough. Whoever thought of this card is amazing. Well, you want to read off the, uh, <laughs> read off the actual card? Yeah, it okay. costs three and pay two life. That's exactly that. what it costs. <laughs> okay. And uh, you draw two cards? Yep. And you proliferate. Yes. It's actually relevant in the exact deck we were just talking Pyramus about. Ascension! Ascension. <laughs> because Call to Mind is good, but proliferating immediately to two counters is better. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Tether's Gambit's pretty, pretty fun. Again, that, that Phyrexian symbol just makes the card much. Yeah, it, it basically just gave red, green, and white uh, two, a three-mana draw spell, too. Uh, honestly, I don't understand. Black doesn't need it, because Sign of Blood's still technically better um, in every way, shape, or form, actually. Uh, but yeah, I, I hear I hear proliferating and drawing cards is good. Also works with Black Green. We'll get to that. Fuck you and your mind, Craig. Let's go on to free spells, because free, free spells, spells are great. Free, free spells? Spells. I hear there's only two in this set, I'm and they're both for, three, three free spells. actually. Four. Five. It's five. In spells. blue? No, just no. Like set in general. Yeah, there's two in blue. There's two in blue. There's one in every color. Which one did you forget? Oh, yeah, the marrow shards. There you go. Well, that's and a terrible card. These cards are not free. You do have to remember two life is... Oh, big look. It's two life. It is... Okay. Yeah, when I ro- when I play when I play all four of them and I'm I've taken eight life from him, then you can just call me a bad player. Yeah. But usually it's that once they happen that matters. But. That's how you weed out the good players from the bad. Right, players. Which one you want to do? You want to do Gataxian Pro or you want to do Mental Misstep? Or, mental this is a, you know what? Let's just get Mental Misstep out of the way. It is a free counter spell for everything that costs one mana. Stop so it counters it's everything free. Legacy. It's free. Is Force of Will free? It's not Force of Will. Is Force of Will free? This is just says do it. Counters a spell. Counters, it counters spell pretty much every card in Legacy. That's what's making this card ridiculous right now. That's Legacy's going to be warped beyond all recognition. That's true. People are going to change their decks around and start running less one drops and more two, three. It, it also counters itself. It also counters itself. It's it's It just does it. It just it happens. It's a good card. It's a sideboard card uh, in case you guys feel like you're going to get froggy with it. No, no don't try to mainboard it. Legacy gets mainboarded. Alright, Legacy. Legacy gets mainboarded four of them in a heartbeat. As far as type two goes, it's gonna be there. It's probably gonna be a sideboard for Pyromancer's Ascension. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering, I'll be playing Pyromancer's Ascension. Yeah, of forever. course you will. Forever. For life. Even when it cycles out. I'll Can't wait till I I'll be DQ from tournaments. Way. Doesn't matter. It's, it's gonna happen. Uh, the other one was uh, Gataxian Probe, right? Gataxian Probe, another, now, another Pyromancer Ascension staple. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Peak wasn't that good, but Peak for two life. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Now, when I first saw this card, I'm like, why do we need this? We have Preordain. And then I went, 
shit, we have preordained. We need this. This means that you have the capability of going turn one, peek for free, look at their hand to see what kind of crazy-ass disruption or anything that they might be doing, then playing a land, preordaining, keeping whatever you want. You just drew an extra two cards out of this. For what? You're back at seven cards. You've done nothing. You've changed nothing in the in the setup. And, one mana, two life. And, yeah, you, you paid one mana, two life, and now you're just getting deeper into your deck. If you're, in, I'm going to stop talking about Pyromancer's Ascension for, like, five minutes. Yeah, you got to stop riding the shaft for that deck. No, I'm going to take it and swallow the gravy. That's no that deck. That's me and that deck. you're a kinky bitch like that. That's right. Um, yeah, so... I would like to mention one card before, if we are moving on to another color. Uh, I would like to mention Viral Drake. Viral Drake. As a limited bomb. Absolutely. Want to read that off for us? That's the 1-4 Infector, right? Infector. Now, that's not really the key. The key here is that ability to proliferate. For, um, for, and without tapping itself. Now, before that, there usually before you had to sacrifice an artifact to throw up Geth, or you had to have a Contagion class, which was always picked really high. Uh, now you have this guy who does not tap to use his ability. He has a fat ass at a 1-4. And he has in his infect himself. That's very inappropriate. We don't we don't objectify uh, cards. Women are fine. Cards are not. Yeah. Viral yeah, Drake. I want you to have my children. Viral Drake. Yeah. It's it basically it's four mana proliferates for four one four infector. Good card. Got it. Uh, last thing I want to say is Jinkataxis, the blue prater. He costs 10 mana. He's probably not going to be hard cast anytime. But that dude comes with a little sticker on him. You can't see it. It's only there for a few and far between. It says EDH just all over him. Uh, he's a general. He's, uh, he's kind of silly. Uh, if you don't know what he does, I don't fucking care. Read it. Um, but yeah, he's he's stupid good. And uh, we, you're never going to cast him. And if you're going to summoning trap into him, just ask why it wasn't ever going anyway. Uh, Phil, I think we're coming to one of your favorite colors now. Uh, yeah, we're going to my uh, my baby. It's a good old mono black something. Ever got the whack. Now, now they so keep trying. Uh, look, we're still not getting mutilated. I and know. Until we get mutilated, and I'm gonna be very upset. But because we don't have mutilate, they're giving us a whole bunch of other shit that's kind of weird, uh, but very relevant to the current format, and hopefully relevant to Innistrad when that comes out in like what seven years or like six months. I don't remember. About six months or so. We got them twelve first time we go to Innistrad. All right. Well, anyhow, let's go. Uh, let's go to the good old. Uh, Model black here. First one I got on my list is Despise, Yay. which is one black sorcery. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose a creature or planeswalker card from it. That player discards that card. Now, now you were saying fun. I'm gonna have fun running this along uh, four of these alongside my four dress and four inquisition of Kozlex because I'm a douchebag Don't like you that. Think that's kind of overdoing it. Yeah, but I like to overdo things. Thing. How many discards spells are you planning on running? As many as I can. If I can, I'll just have, like, half my deck is discard spells, half the deck is is uh, kill spells, with no win condition. I'll have one Phyrexian Obliterator. It'll get there. Well, let's talk about this card outside of Mono Black. Do you think this will see it play in any blue-black variants? Oh, it has to. I think any deck that runs black might have a little place for this. I mean, it says right on there, discard Jace. Which is pretty yeah. good. They just couldn't write Jace because like, it would confuse people I, into whether it was Bellerin or Good Jace. I think yeah. we need to know that this does not get one of the best cards in the format. That is the Sword of Feast and Famine, which Correct. is getting a lot of attention right now. And I do believe that that is something to know. 
Now, I agree that the fact that it doesn't hit Sword of Peace of Ham is kind of shitty, but what I don't agree with is the fact that Duress does it any better. Now, Duress will get rid of the sword in a mono-black deck. I'm not going to argue that, but so will Inquisition of Kozilek, which When you're is... running another color alongside black, yes, Despise yeah. is probably going to Despise is... Gets rid of the creatures and Planeswalkers. Those are the two things that win most games. Yeah, if you're playing black-red, you got it. If, you're if playing... you have another way to get rid of equipments and artifacts, well, not... All right, you're good. Yeah. Then you have an answer for everything. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be nice to mention this is a dead card against that Pyromancer Sunshine deck. Yeah, but not really. Well, is it gonna get rid of your like one J Spellerin or something? No, but it'll definitely get rid of my Deceiver Exarch, uh, and then probably be surgically extracted. Well, we'll get to that in a, in a few. Yeah, everyone knows what it does. Can we please get to this? Right. Well, first off, all right, let's go to something that I think is gonna see a lot of play in Standard, Limited, and even Legacy. All right, so Dismember is one and. Two Frexian Black. Now I'm saying it the correct way. For an instant speed, target creature gets minus five, minus five until end of turn. So essentially, one mana, one, pay for one life, mana kill of every any color you want, and for life gets pretty much every creature outside of a Worm Coil and a Titan. I mean, I don't think I, I agree. This will see type two play. I do not agree. Ah, uh, but it also doesn't kill Elish Norn. Aha! Ah, this yeah. is true. Uh, We'll get true. back to that. Never. Never. Ever. <laughs> Alright. But, so yeah. This member, and even in Legacy, this thing shuts down Tarmogoyf. This thing shuts down any creature that throws you. million other cards that shut down Tarmogoyf. Yes. And but this costs require you to pay life. But this costs one mana of any color. It can go into any color deck. has an answer to Tarmogoyf. But it's another answer. And what, what answers to Tarmogoyf are seeing playing Legacy? Other Tarmogoyfs? <laughs> Other Tarmogoyfs. Other Tarmogoyfs. That's not really an answer over, to it. I win. It's done. Not uh, <laughs> now, also, um, for limited with this card, um, I'd pick that first. I'd take the first pick, uh, Dismember. There's any day of the week. You guys agree? Agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I, guess, yeah. I, think it's, I think it can go up there for a first pick status. There's so many good first picks right now, but there's also... It's, it's really... I mean, to me, if... If Sun Death didn't see play in Legacy, I don't think this will. Sun Death costs three. So this. No, this, this costs, costs one, one and four, four life. life. Oh god. Or two and two life. No, two one and, and four two. life. Yeah, two, uh, two life. It could could do that. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say uh, keep a lookout for uh, Dismember. It's gonna be seeing play very soon. Now, next on my list of awesome cards, I have Guest Verdict. Yay! Which is one of my favorite cards, functionally reprinted. Um, is two black, instant speed, target player sacrifices a creature, and loses one life. Um, I don't see anything wrong with this card at all. Hold I on. actually think this Hold card on. is kind of amazing. How much does it cost? Two. How much does it, uh, Gatekeeper of Malachar cost? Three. To use this ability, right? Yeah. But so it's cheaper than Gatekeeper. Yeah. And it's an instant. You can use it any time. time. And they also lose life? And they lose one life. It's only one life, but hey, it still gets there. But it's an instant. Yes. That removes a creature. Yep. I mean, they get to choose. I, I cares, honestly, I, I mean, you know what? Like, I don't think it's it's going to replace Doomblade. I don't think it's going to replace uh, gonna Go for the it. Throat. I think you're going to see in any situation where there have been uh, a, uh, a Gatekeeper of Malakir, you're going to see that instead, because odds are you don't really care as much about the 2-2 two, two body as much as you do about the 2-mana removal spell and then play a spell that does matter. Just my opinion. I do, I do see your point, but I still think uh, it's it's a pretty uh, pretty disgusting card. 
It's good. The, the, the good black cards just keep showing up. There was very yeah, there's more, too. Yeah, like uh, this next uh, rare sorcery, Life's Finale. Four and two black. Destroy all creatures. Then search target opponent's library for up to three creature cards and put them into his or her graveyard. Then that player shuffles his or her library. So, I wipe your board, and I go through your deck and get rid of three more creatures. I think that's pretty good. I mean, yes, it's a six mana wrath, but I like the little added bonus where you get to pick through their deck and get rid of three more threats they have. Well, you know, it's it's kind of good because you're really only going to get the most out of a, uh, a Black Sun Zenith if you're casting it for, like, four or more anyway. This is true. So, I mean, yes, Black Sun Zenith shuffles itself back in or makes things not nearly as threatening as they were, and you get a little more functionality out of the Black Sun Zenith. But it's good. I mean, in draft, you get a board wipe in draft in black now, which is kind of cool. In, uh, it doesn't really matter for, I guess, extended formats. Don't matter, cause they still get like, mutilated. They just keep on trying to find ways to dodge reprinting damnation. Yeah, you, you, you know what they I mean, I'm not, I'm not, like, unhappy with this card. I just want my damnation. They can, they can just <laughs> give us new damnation that costs three black and one, and I'll still be fine with it. I think Black Sun Zenith is going to be one reason why this card is it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, there's going to be a lot of good cards that aren't going to see play like that. So, I mean, it might see play, it might not. Anything like Carn? Carn? Carn's going to see play. Carn might see play. He's like seven. Yeah. Well, anywho, on to, on to the next card. This is a fun one. Uh, Frexian Obliterator. <laughs> I'm sure everyone knows about this He guy. has Trample. I just learned that. He's uh, four black, four hard black, for a five-five Trampler. Whenever a source deals damage to Frexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. It's kind of disgusting. I do like him. Frex. Yeah, I had to read that card like three times, because every time I yeah. was mistaken. First of all, I, I thought it was your opponent. It. I kept on misreading it like it was the original Frexian Negator ability, which is where you sacrifice a person. No, like, I, I, I read it the other way. I thought it was just... Because well, I read the Japanese translation of the spoil first, so I thought it was that whenever it's dealt damage, your opponent sacks automatically. Uh, so I kind of thought it was super awesome. Now it's just regular awesome, I guess. Because I guess a 5-5 five, five for 4 with Trample and probably not going to get jump blocked is a pretty decent deal. But I Then mean, that's 5 damage they're not blocking to their face. It's true. So, we'll I mean, talk about this in the video, but it's a bomb. I feel like there needs to be a way to make you make him be blocked. Like, is there is there like a lore in the current format? Can you be like, you have to block him? Eventually they're going to have to. Like, I mean, it's gonna come, like, he's a 5-5 five, five smash him in the mouth every turn. If they don't have a is there day of judgment that or journey to nowhere or whatever, oh, they're not going to deal with it. Don't, don't, no more talking tokens for you. Don't, don't mention grappling hook. Oh, one of my, uh, she's not that, uh, that amazing, but it's one of my, uh, personal favorites. They said, Shouldred the Whispering Ones. This is the, uh, Black Predator. 5 and 2 black for a 6-6 six, six Swamp Walker, which is, eh, alright. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, Rhea, pretty good. And at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, that player sacrifices a creature. So, a pseudo abyss. And not to mention, she has like a like teeth infested vagina go on. Yeah, here. if anybody wants to look at the art of this card, it's actually really interesting. Yeah, she's Was the episode like, of South Park? She's like a spider lady with like just vagina with teeth. Like a giant vagina with teeth. It's almost like Scytherix is being born of her. She might be giving birth to Skithers. That's kind of crazy. I think she's giving birth to Skithers. I think she might be giving birth to Skithers. And on to the last card for my uh, review of the black cards I set is what everyone else has been talking about lately. Surgical Extraction, which is one Frexian black. 
Choose target card in the graveyard other than a basic land card. Search its owner's graveyard hand and library for any number of cards with the same name as that card and exile them. Then that player shuffles to their library. So pretty much what happened is they took extra pay, which was amazing, got rid of the split second, which kind of tones it down a little, but made it free, which I think is Let's pretty stop using that nice. Word free. No, it's free. It's not free. Life is a resource, just like mana. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but it's a more important resource. I'd rather, I'd rather pay two life. Absolutely not. Second. I'd rather I'd rather never miss a land drop. Right, I don't think second. they're gonna bring split second back anytime soon. But no, so. but you're you're saying that this card's better than extra No, I'm saying listen. I say it's better actually. It's the buy it by the Brox promo. Everyone's seen it. Everyone knows what it does. It also has some really scary fucking art. It's, yeah, yeah, it it's, has it's, like nightmares. It's relatively creepy. And I mean, we're gonna get beyond the fact that you can use it with like an Inquisition or a Duress or the new Duress Despise, and you can. You know, remove like Jaces and shit out of people's decks. We're gonna squadron get Squadron Hawks and Squadron Hawks. We're gonna get beyond like the, the turn one functionality of it to get to the fact that like late game, it's still it's not still very bad. dead. And that was the problem with the original. I don't think it's bad. It's yeah. not. All right, it's not as powerful late game, but it still could make an impact. It, it could. Grant, remember that it becomes as more as situational as the game goes on. Yes. The picture of it should have been some dude smacking a Vengevine in the face. That's what the picture of Surgical Extraction could say. Because it's basically saying, if you're playing Venge Vines, please stop. Yeah, but doing so by paying two life and then telling you you lose. That's how it's yeah. doing it. But I still want to play Venge Vine. I kind of wish I could still play that blue-green Venge Vine build. But once again, Pyromancer's Ascension. Play it. Yeah, I'm starting to get tired of that. So I can't wait to kick the shit out of that deck when you make it. Uh, well, I mean, anyhow, like, extra pay was never good. I like to say extra pay was never good late game. Never. In fact, I mean, by playing the card in general, you're putting yourself at actual disadvantage. Well, also, what you got to take into account with this is we don't know what the metagame's going to be exactly, the way decks are going to be. This card might be a bomb in Constructive. Then again, it might be okay. I don't think it's going to be useless in Constructive. Uh, constructive. Not at all. It's still a really good card I'm actually looking forward to. Alright, so that's off it for of black. black. Off of black, we go on to red, which is, is very the weakest color. Of the very unfortunate, but they got a couple of decent it's like cards. The weakest here. color of the entire block. Like, what did we get? We got like Goblin War Driver, Koth. Alright, well, first yeah, off, we're gonna, gonna, okay. yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start off with uh, a really good limited card, which I think is an amazing limited card. Active Aggression. Now it's three and two Frexian red for an instant. Gain control of target creature that opponent controls. Until end of turn, untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. So, it's... You get a blocker. You get an speed. attacker. You get what you need when you need it. Yeah. It costs only three in any color. And that's the big deal. It's in any color. Yeah. So, like, these Phyrexian... The reason it's so important is because in Limited, you don't have to splash anymore for some of these cards. You can be like, cool, I get a Mark of... Well, not a Mark of Immunity, whatever, the Act of Treason one. I get an Act of Treason... And I'm in green-white. Like, whatever. You now have an act of treason in green-white. Deal with it. You paid for a life. It's shitty. You don't want to pay for a life to do this. I get it. But it's, it's some, most of the time it's the difference between you winning and losing the game, especially when you take one of their creatures, block with their creature, you lose four life, but now you have board presence. It's kind of a big deal. It's an insane. The fact that Threaten was never really played in the middle of a lot, but it this, is, this is an instant, which is so key and very vital. It gives you a blocker when it's you need it. It's called versatility. Cards with versatility usually get played. Like, I wish no more 
Alright, so the next card I want to touch on, it's actually kind of terrible, but I have a... I just have to say it. Don't say it's so arrest. No. Okay. Bludgeon Brawl. That card's awesome. That card's fucking awful. It's two to red enchantment. No, no, oh, hold on, hold on. Let me read it first. There's a reason for this. Alright, so Bludgeon Brawl is two to red. It's an enchantment. Each non-creature, non-equipment artifact is an equipment with equip X. An equipped creature gets plus X plus O. Where X is the artifacts converted mana cost. Now, here's the only reason why I stated this. Play that, a liquid metal coating, and a Jason Mind Sculptor, and just laugh your ass off. That's all I'm saying. The card's giving No, if you're going to do liquid metal coating, what you're going to do... You're going to turn your Jason to an equipment. Just no. Just funny. No. You're going to play a liquid metal coating, you're going to play a Tezzeret, you're going to liquid metal coating the Jace, you're going to use Tezzeret to animate him, and then you're going to Doomblade him. So you, you watch your opponent's head explode from the awesome that just happened. Yeah, you wasted like nine cards and six triggers. Whatever. It's yeah, terrible, so. but I just thought that was a little it's, it's, a funny little really, thing I found really with gimmicky. it. Once again, uh, red sucks. Yeah, red does kind of suck, but they do have a couple decent limited cards. Like, the next one I'm getting to is Fallen Feralmancer. I don't know what that is. He's three in the red for a 1-1 one, one Infector. One in the red, tap him, he deals one damage to target creature or player. That still is Infect damage, isn't it? He pings with Infect, which I think is kind of awesome and limited. He's got haste. He should be a cunning spark mage with Infect. That would be fucking retarded. That would be awesome. What else do I want to touch on with Red Let's get to our first constructed red card. What, Furnace Scamp? Molten Steel Dragon. Furnace Scamp? Shut up. Furnace Scamp is going to be played. Deal with it. Molten Steel Dragon is a red artifact dragon, which is kind of cool. He costs four and two Phyrexian Red for a 4-4 flyer. You pay a Phyrexian Red, he gets plus one attack to end the turn. So so you can essentially, if you get pop committed and just throw all your life away on this guy, he can potentially one-shot something. Well, it's it's not even that. It's like, if you're going to have mana to fire-breathe with him, yeah. so you're going to get some damage in there. But like now this is the difference between like him fire-breathing for five and you waiting another turn and seeing what happens, or him fire-breathing for six or seven, you going down for life and him winning on that turn. It's, it gives you like It gives you that, I can tap and do that. Like, I, I, honestly, at this point, I kind of wish there was a card that said mana symbols of cards in your hand are Phyrexian. Like, that's kind of what I wish. That would point. cause way too much confusion. Why? I'd want to play Jace for two mana. Yeah, who wouldn't? All right, Molten Steel Dragon. I think he's a house. Limited, obviously, he's going to break face <coughs> and limited. Constructed, I think in a post-Jace the Mind Sculptor environment, he'll see play. He'll see play right now. No, he won't. Right no, he, he does. He sees play in the Tempered Steel deck. He's one of the win cons in the Tempered Steel deck. Because who cares? Because he's a four mana for a 6-6. Six, six. Who gives a shit? He's right. getting the Kirk Miller stamp of approval right now. Along oh, with Fire Drake. Alright, just lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Alright, so on to what uh, everyone else say is probably the only playable... Well, one of the only playable uh, red cards in the set. Orobrask the Hidden. He's the Red Predator. 3 and 2 red for a 4-4. Four, four. Creatures you control have haste, and creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. The tempo boost this Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he's cost-efficient, he's a big body, he gives all your shit haste, including himself, and he makes your guy, your opponent's guys get slowed down to nothing. Yeah, I was, uh, before everything was spoiled, I was like, he's gonna slide right into Rug. And then everything was spoiled, and I'm like, Rug's gonna slide right into the garbage. So, yeah. this is probably not going to make it to the line. But, I mean, there is some cute little red-green stuff you can do with him. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on that. You might see that deck if, if, 
you see a place in the next couple weeks, uh, look for Tony's name. Uh. Alright, so the last red car I'm going to is another another limited card. It's a common Volt Charge. Whee! It's two in a red instant. Volt Charge deals three damage to target creature or player, and you proliferate, which is pretty awesome. I don't know, I, I would pick this kind of high. I mean, it's, it's another two in a red, three damage spell. Yeah. It's more removal, which is never a bad thing in limited. And it proliferates, just in case you're going to need it. There's going to be several situations where you need it. There's going to be situations where you don't need it. But hey, it still hits something for three, which is pretty good. And it proliferates, which activates one of the other com- infinite combos that are uh, in standard, which we'll get to in a little bit, but I'll uh, give you a hint. It's Mindcrank, but Chief Ascension. Alright, so uh, I'm going to turn it over to Tony now, because that's really all there is in red, and he's going to talk to you about uh, Beast Within, like everybody else is going to, because yeah. the card's amazing. Yeah. Alright, <laughs> we're, we're doing green, I like green, green's my color. Uh, we got Beast Within, we have, like, I guess what I'm only going to effectively call Terracidon's Left Nut for the rest of this argument. Uh, Terracidon's Left Nut does one-third of what Terracidon does. It destroys a permanent, doesn't matter if it's a land, I'm sorry, and it doesn't matter if it's a land. It destroys a creature, it destroys a land, destroys... Uh, it says destroy target permanent. Its controller crazy. gets a 3-3 three, three beast. Uh, it's uh, two and a green for an instant. So green got a quicker maelstrom pulse that... Gives him a beast. Gives the opponent a beast well, instead of white What did you say Trained Armadon? Yeah, Trained Armadon. Armadon. That's, that's, that's the three, give him an elephant. Three. Give him an elephant. Yeah. Which I think um, is for an elephant. Now, Kirk, we were talking before, and you... Uh, what was your argument? It was your argument was pro killing Jace, and Phil, I believe your argument was anti killing Jace because you feel that it wasn't. The it's best. not that it's anti killing Jace. Just everyone's saying this is the answer to Jace. No, I don't think it is. It could be an answer, but I think when someone lands a Jace, they're gonna brainstorm off you anyway, which means they're just gonna get what they need anyway, and they're gonna have a three three. Yeah, you, you, you're down on the mana war with the bolt. And you still lose the card advantage war. But because like then what they get Tony a said earlier is, if they make the mistake and fate seal you, then it was successful use of beast within. Yes, um, it's it, uh, honestly it's great. Like it's not it's not the best you, card ever made. It's only uncommon. If it was the best card ever made, wizards would have known. I mean, to make honestly, it. I can see myself using beast within to blow people's lands. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, like, honestly, it's the cheapest land destruction And you're spell running green, I mean, there's... In a while. You're running green, so a 3-3 beast isn't going to really be that much of a problem for you. Yeah. Because you have, like, obstinate balance and shit like that. It's like, okay. Yeah, and then, you know, and what, like I said, green, red might have use for it. Even outside point. of this, uh, the card. Deck check, die, e, D, oh, yeah, no. check it, look for it's my name. It's uh, Beast right. Within is probably one of the beast best within. We're done with it. Birthing Pod I'm going to talk about. Birthing Pod is... <laughs> Sorry. Is, yeah, I don't even understand it. It's three and a... Uh, two life. Yeah, two life. Oh, and then it's one and two life to act... It's an artifact. It's useless. Uh, one and two life to activate. You sack a creature, and then you search your library for a creature with the converted mana cost uh, equal to one plus its converted mana cost and put it into play. Basically, I'm going to give you a scenario. Obstinate Ballad swings for four. Activate Birthing Pod. Put in Bane Slayer. Baneswayer swings for five, I gain five life. Activate Birthing Pod, put in Worm Coil Engine. Worm Coil Engine swings for six. Activate, put in Palaka Worm. No, no, you don't put Oh, Elish Nord. Elish Nord. And you get two, three, three. You already are in green, white. Do you sacrifice the creature? You already are playing It does get sacrificed. So then you get your two Worm Tokens, and then you get your seven drop. And then you can sacrifice one of the Worm Tokens for something that costs one. 
You can. You know it's what's possible. really weird about that you brought up earlier? The way they word it, it, they just made it so you specifically can't search for zero drums. Yeah. Which I still don't get why they did that, but... Yeah, it's weird. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out, hey, uh, we'll give you the email and everything at the end of this. Uh, you know, contact us if you can figure out what zero drop creature Birthing Pot is going to put into play that's going to break the format. Um, it's, you say Cobalt, I'm going to personally find you and kick you in the mouth. Maybe it was just a design feature. Maybe they're just kind of like, they didn't even think of that. Maybe Or maybe they're trying to avoid some zero drop creature that they we're all overlooking make. that getting in for free somehow makes a difference. There might be something that's coming out. Whatever. Uh, rest of these. Bad, short, simple. Yeah, don't, don't play it. It, it, it. You know what? I guarantee you we'll see like one deck within the next year running a one of it, and it's not going to matter. Uh, there's a bunch of other shit in this set, in this green color. Um, we're not going to talk about most of them. Fresh Meat sucks. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, mutagenic growth, I think, is really cute. Oh, yeah, I love it's, that. <laughs> it's a two-life plus two plus two to target creature. I mean, it's it's just cute. Like, you put it on, inf- you put it in Infect, you're like, whatever. It's just, uh, what are you going to do? Like, I So you get a giant growth and mutagenic growth. That's plus five, yeah, but yeah, that's that's living good. the dream there, man. Yeah. I don't know about that. We're going to get back to Malira now. Malira Silvic Outcast. Uh, she's a two-two for two, one in the green. Uh, you can't get poison counters. Creatures you control can't have minus one, minus one counters placed on them. And creatures your opponents control lose infect. We were talking before about the Phyrexian on life. It's kind of a little bit of a lockdown. Uh, they, it seems like against red, you got to take this out. But it gives you a little bit more life against red because they're obviously going to kill Malira. It, it's, it can be countered. It can be removed one of 11,000 ways. I haven't figured a way out to make this card matter. If you guys do, play it. Um, Apparently, though, if you are playing it, you aren't on TFC. Yeah, you should read the card. Because uh, it's not that good. Noxious Revival is... a bad card. I disagree in every possible way, and I think you should be castrated for saying that. Okay. They, you, mean, you mean castigated. That's that's a good card. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good card. No, um, no. Noxious Revival says... Return target card to the top of your library. This is bad in the same way regrowth and all other regrowth effects are bad. So what you basically just told me was that uh, Eternal Witness was stupid and should never have been printed. Uh, here you it's go. Free. I'm going to show you a copy. Sorry, it's two life. Oh, yeah, it's two life. It's two life or one green, which at this point is irrelevant. Oh, I actually think that card's not that bad. The fact that you can pay for this with a Phyrexian is irrelevant. It's still bad. Uh, Why? Because it's... None okay, excuse me, do me a favor. Surgically extract something. Or not! Or not, okay. If you're doing that much work to not surgically extract something, or fight against it... Turn one, Inquisition of Kozilek. Go to Surgical Extraction. I'll put it on top of my deck. You just wasted two cards and two life. I'm now in card advantage. Tell me that that's not a good point. But wait, okay. We're gonna, we're gonna play the tempo game now here. Okay. You're paying two life to put something on top of your library and almost set yourself back. Yeah. It's situational. I'm not saying it's a main board card. I'm saying if you're going to run into something that's going to do hand disruption, this card's going to get you right back to where you need to go. Again, I think it's fine for limited. I mean, uh, yeah, limited. Getting yourself a nice card back. It's an instant card. Yeah. yeah. No, of it's course. not that bad. I don't have any problems with that card. There's other cards in here that are equally as shitty. Oh, I like Vorin Quex, the Vorin Green Praetor. He's like 8 mana for a 7-6 Trampler. Uh, you Mana Flare, your opponent's Winter Orb. Pretty much, yes, pretty I'm not going into details on that. Uh, I'm gonna give like one second to talk about Jorkadine the Prevailer. 
we're done with green. He's the only multicolored card in this set. Uh, he's a 5-4 first strike, metal craft. Does he have the EVH stamp on it, too? Uh, no, he just screams EVH in your ear. I mean, oh, he just screams in your ear. Kirk, you have a you have a pro opinion of him, and it's and for limited or constructed. For I, I'm okay with limited. I'm okay with that. I don't like the fact that it cuts you into two colors immediately. But with the amount of spells that aren't that don't cost anything. If I remember that runway in, uh, in limited is an archetype. It, it yeah it is. I mean it, the problem is you're you're probably not going to see many good cards after Jorkadim in this in this particular uh, part of the draft during the besiege because red shit. Uh, I mean, I mean you make it the first. I still don't know stuff. what they were thinking when they put them into the set though. It's I like, yeah. hey, let's just make some guy holding the sword. I, I honestly think that they were just like, we don't have enough, we don't have awesome enough generals. I think yeah. that's what they said. We don't have enough generals. We need more generals. We need more generals, and then this is going to tie in perfectly with the release of those com- commander decks that don't matter. Uh, don't call it commander. I apologize for everyone. It's EDH. Um, all right, and then we got uh, we got artifacts. There's a lot of artifacts in Mirrored and Block, so I don't want to talk about Ally Mirror, Cage Sun. Batter Skull. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Lovely. Do you, do you hear that? Skull? I think I heard the format break, guys. Yeah, I think I heard that. That was so corny. I don't even have a comment to make a wisecrack about it. Like, that was just so bad. You you didn't hear that? (laughs) I just heard something shatter. It's your comedic timing. Uh, (laughs) You do have have, uh, wicked timing there. Alright, no, but you're right, you're right, you're right. We were basically just said... Batterskull's retarded. We basically... uh, I'm gonna read it first. Uh, Five mana... Uh, living weapon, creature gets plus four, plus four, vigilance, lifelink, three mana to return battle skull to owner's hand, uh, equips for five. None of this is relevant because it comes into play for two mana because there's a card called Stoneforge Mystic. She searches for it and puts it into play for you, right? So she does all the dirty work. Yeah. That's the sound of me fading. And yeah. it's living weapon, so she just puts that. it in play. You just got yourself a nice, uh, four, four, like, If they just didn't make swords, like, sort of Feast and Famine or anything, and then just made this... Total, I'd still feel like we like that card would still be worth like twenty. What happens if you attempt to destroy Batter Skull? I think we've forgotten ability. No, I, I said it no, for three mana. Yeah, yeah, you just pay three and bounce to hit. And then guess what? You play it again, and look, you got another Jeremiah Ray to swing at their face. Yeah. Or like, block and gain life, and then swing at their face, that's which the can still block because it's got vigilance and life. to play at the end of their turn too. So he comes down, he blocks something, kills it. Next turn, yeah, swing. he gets pseudo haste. I want to talk about Dark Steel Relic for one second. It's silly. That's about it. The second is over. Hex Parasite. Because Hex Mage wasn't enough to fuck with Jace. Uh, one mana for a 1-1 one, one, X and uh, two life. Remove X counters to the target two life permanent. Is black, by the way. No, it's not. Don't listen to that. You're never paying the black. Uh, remove up to X counters from target permanent. I'm sorry, it says Jace. You're going to be paying black. Uh, than for each is. counter removed this way, Hex Parasite gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. Basically what it says is pay two life or pay two mana total. Uh, remove a counter from a Brainstorm Jace, and then punch Jace in the face with the Hex Parasite for killing it with one card and two mana, while other shit occurs. It makes Gideon slightly less awesome. It makes uh, a lot of the decks that are running off of uh, Pyromancer's Ascension, the new Blood Chief Ascension deck, we'll get into in a second. It's making them kind of silly. It's a good card. It's a rare as it should be. It's one mana for a 1-1. One, one. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. It or not. It's pretty much that's what you run when your deck can't run Hexmage. Yeah. You run the Hexparasite because it's almost as good. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a card I like and no one else does. I like Lash Rite. 
I like to pay four mana for a living weapon that gets plus one plus one for each swamp I control. So it's a nightmare artifact that equips for uh, life. That's good. It equips for four life uh, or any combination of that. It's uh, it's two black to equip two Phyrexian black. I just like the fact that it usually comes into play as a four four for four, and then you get to equip it to things like, like your uh, Phyrexian obliterator. What? Well, just <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I like this card. It's not amazing. It's not like super awesome. Yes. Oh, oh, I was gonna talk about how bad it is. And Flash Wrath. Yeah, it's bad. Whatever. I like it. Bad. No. Right, I'm to, uh, it's gonna take me a while, but I'm, I'm listing the ways you can get blown out by this card. <laughs> yeah. But it's right. gonna take me a while. Hopefully, by next podcast, I'll have it fit. All right, Mind Crank. Uh, if once again, if you've been living under a rock, here's the combo: play Pyromancer's Ascension, get three counters on it, play a Mind Crank, win game. That is it. Uh, buy them both cheap ascension. I'm sorry. I'm still playing so Play them both. Play Grixis. Do them both. You got it. You got this. You're fine. Uh, so here's what happens. Blood Chief uh, Ascension says uh, whenever a card goes into the graveyard, that player loses uh, two life and you gain two life. You may. It's a may ability. And then Minecrank says whenever an opponent loses life, that player puts that many cards from the top of his library into his or graveyard. So, mill, lose life, I gain life. Mill, lose life, I gain life. Infinite happens forever. Minecrank's two mana. Uh, Blood Chief Ascension is one. You can do this on, like, turn three, turn two, if you're, like, really super crazy lucky. Uh, with, I like, if you got, like... No, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't. You need four gut shots. Uh, oh. oh, yeah, gut shot. We didn't tell him gut shot, did We're not going to. We're not going to. Yeah, no, we're it's, not It's two life to it kind of, something for one. No, it just it slides into format right with the vampires. Like, vampires now has, like, an additional win condition besides being a bad deck that doesn't win. Uh, so that's kind of cute. Has actually been doing some work. Yeah, because people are stupid and keep forgetting. It's the same thing old vampires did. People forget vampires exist. It places in a tournament. People remember to sideboard properly. That's exactly what happens. There's a bunch of uh, there's Omen Machine. I'm not going to talk about it. It's like six mana for something silly. There's uh, there's the Mere Superion. Uh, only thing you need to know about this, as Phil had told, actually Phil, you can tell. Uh, the German translation for uh, Mere Superion is translated as Ubermere. There you so, go. Look it up. There you go. Superman. That's, That's why I want one. Uh, the shrines, uh, the shrines are pretty cool. They have they're between like two and three mana to play. They have a kind of a charge counter effect. Upkeep, you get a charge counter, and then whenever you play the uh, the That's color, the corresponding color spell, you get a charge counter on it. Uh, the green one's stupid. I'm not even gonna tell you about it. I think the, the white one is busted. The, yeah, the white one is the black one's stupid too. Let's ignore that. Uh, the white one's good. It's two mana. Uh, blah blah blah. Counter upkeep. Counter every time a white spell's played. You cast. You play a white spell. Uh, three and tap. Sack it. They all have tap sacks or sack tap, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, put a one one colorless mirror for each token on it. So yeah, in limited, that thing is just like the greatest thing house. ever made. That it's like I have dudes. You die. And the red one's amazing. In limited. Yeah, the red one's two mana. Same shtick. Three mana. Tap sack. Uh, deal damage equal to number of charge counters on it. Now, I hear red plays a lot of spells that usually deal damage anyway, so even if you're paying three to deal three, you have it on the board three damage, unless yeah. they remove it. It's always going to get bigger. It's 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 amazing and limited. It might see some constructed play. I'm not sure. Now, I, I like the blue one. Apparently no one else does. The blue one. Two mana. At the beginning of your upkeep, same shit. But then, for no additional mana, you tap and sack it, Look at the top X cards and take one of them. Now, yes, you only get to take one card. Yes, the X is probably only going to be like four or five. But you're in blue. You're probably playing this in some kind of combo or 
glue or control deck where nine times out of ten, if you don't have a Jace on the board, but you got that turn two shrine, you may be looking at seven cards. You may be looking at eight cards. You're going to find the one card you need, I guarantee it. So like it's like your uh, Deceiver Exarch for your Osmonds. Uh, exactly. Uh, I'd play Deceiver. one in like that Pyromancer's Ascension deck that I keep hearing people talk about. Uh, yourself? Yeah, it's yourself talk about. I'm all the people I care about. Uh, Soul Conduit. It's that, uh, what was that card? Mirror, mirror Universe. Un- it's Mirror Universe, except it costs mana. And, and, de- and death can't be put on a stack anymore. Correct. So, it's virtually so it doesn't it exist. It gets the stamp for worst, car- worst, what is it, is it a mythic? No, it's, a no, it's not a mythic. It gets the stamp for worst rare. Are you sure? Spellskite's also a rare. It's two mana for a zero four that says kill me, not my friends. Unwinding Clock? Unwinding Clock is better than that. Oh, on the no, it's Why not. are we comparing okay. terrible cards? Right. No, no. We're not going to talk about terrible, terrible cards. All right, there's only two more cards left we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about them uh, hard uh, and fast and probably wet. Uh, sword of War and Peace. Everyone was so excited because they were making a red-white pro sword that matters, and once again, another reason why Boros sucks and all that shit. Um, yeah, it's not that good. It's good. It's not that good. It's not Feast it's not and Famine feast good. And it's not even Body and Mind good. Because Body and Mind says, I got dudes, and you have less cards. This card, this, card, this card deals damage and gains life. Alright, three mana. Yeah, Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, pro red, pro white. No one cares. Uh, whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, the sword, not the creature, remember that. The sword, very important. Uh... Deals damage to the player equal to the number of cards in his or her hand, and you gain one life for each card in your hand. It's kind of a... It's, it's basically like hitting with a Baneslayer at that point. So you smack somebody in the face, gain some life, and kill their Jace. That's like your optimum play. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. All these cards go back to Jace. Aren't you going to be happy with the cycles on? He's not cycling now. We'll get to that later. Why? You think they're putting them in them 12? Um, they're not reprinting Sorry. Jace Bellroom. You sure? Yes. Um, Jace Bellerin is my evidence of the fact that they're not replacing Jace Bellerin Bellerin. because we have 19 copies of Jace Bellerin and he still sees play only because people can't afford regular Jace putting Jace's back in the format putting Jace's back into circulation allows more people to have access to Jace because Jace goes down in price and he's easier to obtain now you're talking to somebody who hated Jace when I had 2 and now that I have 4 we'll play it in every deck and I won't play any deck with that yeah I sold like 19 Jaces already I'm I'm done with the Jace craze it just pisses me off now but I just want to see him again, or a new Jace. I want uh, Jace 1.5. I want a four mana Jace that doesn't, you know, or low win. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So sort of War and Peace. Yes, it's going to be played in, in whatever what currently is Callblade, which is going to be held onto for some nostalgic purposes, I assume. Um, it's going to be decent against any red deck. It's going to be decent against that mono white. Mono white control just showed up and left. Let it go. Uh, last card in the artifact set that's actually worth talking about. Nope, not Unwinding Clock. Nope. No. Uh, what is tor- Unwinding Clock doing again? Uh, nothing it, at nothing. all. No, what does it do? No, I, I feel like... Uh, untap all artifacts you control during each other. It's Seaborn Muse for artifacts. So, yeah. In, EDH, in, I guess it's good. No. I do some no. EDH. Just no. I mean, I'm sure someone will find a use for it, and then that person will have a, an article on some website that I still don't care about. But yeah, Torpor Orb. Torpor Orb says, uh, fuck... You, Squadron Hawk, and your friends. Uh, what does this two, really do? Uh, what it does is it says, Creatures entering the battlefield 
do not cause abilities to trigger oh, for so two mana. Pretty much, you got a uh, stifle five through eight for your uh, stifle knot. Okay, we're not yet. Yeah, we're yet. Yeah, well, stifle knot. You don't need to run stifle anymore because you have torpor orb and fabricate. So you just go, ha ha! I got it. Or and you get to run Eater of Days now too because Eater of Days says you have to skip your next two turns or don't. Now I'm going to point something out here, and this is a topic of debate, and I'm going to say it here and now so everyone understands it. If you play a torpor orb. And then you play that etched monstrosity, which is that five five uh, five five for ten ten for five that comes into play with five minus one minus one counters, and you can remove them and do some stupid shit that doesn't matter. Uh, this will not let that come in as a ten ten. His enter the battlefield. He doesn't have an enter the battlefield ability. It doesn't trigger. It's a static ability that occurs the second he places he's placed into the battlefield. It's the same thing as if you played a creature when Oesh Norn was in play. If you played a two two and Oesh Norn is in play. Nothing would happen because it would die immediately. That's kind of what happens here. It comes into play with. It doesn't say when this card enters the battlefield, put X counters on it or such and such. It says that. Please do not think that if you're drafting in this format or if you're playing in a sealed and you get, oh my god, I got a Torp Orb and a champion, I'm auto-winning. No, you're auto-stupid. Please don't do this. RTFC. Read the fucking card. Read the rule book. Ask someone who's smarter than you or just better than you, I guess. And that's it. Um, that's pretty much it for all the cards we should review. There's a shit ton of other cards that are kind of decent and might have made a review. Um, well, we just don't. I would like to say that people, my other, my fellow limited players, be careful about how much life you're paying for your cards. It is a very important aspect right now, and I feel like life is a very important resource. I am pro-life. Um, I'm pro-choice. Elishnorn still will suck. Yeah, I'd like to take a couple seconds to talk about, uh, about Constructed, because the spoilers are done. Just, just kind of like the meat. We'll get into more detail next week. Um, <clears throat> if you play Constructor right now, I need you to make a little flow chart, and it's uh, it's very simple. It starts off with, do you play Callblade, or any variant of Callblade, or uh, Goblins? If the answer is yes, your deck is going to change slightly. You can continue to play the way it was. If you answer was no, and you play anything else you're probably going to be better off just putting that deck aside for a little bit and trying something new. Because when this this is a reality-warping set. This this particular set... I mean, not since Rise of Eldrazi. And Rise of Eldrazi had 249 cards in it. It was basically another starter set. Have uh, We had a, a third set come in that just changed everything. And it changed it Hopefully for the better. I mean, we're still dealing with the same threats we were dealing with. Some cards got stronger. A lot of cards got a lot weaker. Decks like Valakut, like yeah, you still have your your Valakut's a combo deck. It's not a it's not a beatdown. It's a combo deck. And now you're running into cards like Surgical Extraction that can hit your Valakuts. Cards like um, uh, what's that other card? Uh, Beast, Within. Beast Within that can hit your Green Land or your Overgrown Battlement. That will see play. <laughs> If you're playing Rug, pack it up. Like I love Rug. Rug has been my deck for a while now, and I'm, I, I saw it go. The colors that are very important for you to worry about right now is anything running blue is going to be a very big deal. Anything running, running green is going to get a little stronger right now. Black is now going to be a very big splash color, just because so many of the cards in black going to get there. If you're running some kind of Tezzeret build that didn't quite get there earlier, whether you're running like a Tezzeret Infect, or just a Tezzeret Blue Black Control, 
you, you kind of get the little boost from it. You know, you get the boost from the surgical extraction. So just take take a minute. Stop trying to stick, cling to decks. That's the number one thing you shouldn't do. Don't cling to a deck. Don't necessarily give up on it either. Test. Test. Get a friend. If you don't have the money to build multiple decks, you know, get a deck of playing cards or something right on the back of them. Get a bunch of lands or, you know, what's what's a crappy common from Scars? Uh, anything from Scars, yeah. Almost any common on Proxy it out. Get ideas. Also, learn how to play other decks, too. That's the most important part of testing. Because you know how your deck goes against them, but you don't know how they're going to play their deck against you. Get that piece of information in there. Test both sides of the, of the battle. Then get a good fight on it. Um, anything else? Well, also, uh, we're also going to be seeing a lot of decks that may have been starting to deteriorate possibly get better. Like, I'll, I'm curious to see what you guys think about uh, quest waiting. Do you think it might actually get a few nice little bumps in this coming set? Maybe some modification or whatnot? Kirk? Pure Steel Paladin. That's it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it again. I get it. Quest got cards that might make it better. But the fact is, the cards that make it shitty continue. Also, Torpor Orb shuts this down. So, in addition to the fact that it dies to uh, Pyroclasm, it dies to Ratchet Bomb. It dies to uh, Nature's Claim. It now dies to a turn two Torpor Orb that you can't really get rid of. You have no way to deal with that card <coughs> in Quest. Unless you sideboard. And then you're sideboarding in a card that's probably taking out the Pure Steel Paladin. So I, I feel that if you're going to run Quest, you got to understand that it's a deck that you either get there or you don't immediately. Kind of like Koldatha Red. You either are like, yay, I win! Yeah, or, yeah, I have three, you know. Yeah, so you're probably just playing it for that, you know, fuck you factor, I guess. Uh, try to try to try to experiment by all means, but and uh, also, um, for you two, um, what kind of decks do you think might possibly resurface? New archetypes, minus the obvious of Pyromancer coming back, the whole uh, Splinter Twin combo. Do you guys see any other <coughs> decks coming out of strictly this set? Hey, that you can see right now. Pay very close attention to what's happening with green. Uh, green is getting a lot of good cards and a lot of good utility cards. <clears throat> and I'm personally, like I said before, and I'll, I'll give you a hint right now, I'm looking at green red right now. I'm looking at a lot of the the aggression you're going to get with a card like Urbrask, uh, and in the kind of format where you can still run Venge Vines. Don't be afraid to run Venge Vines just because a card shuts it down. Uh, until you start seeing the fact that that card shuts only Vengevine down, or you see that you can't possibly win if you deal with it. I mean, now we're talking about the same thing, like why you shouldn't run Precursor Golems against Callblade. Sure, you can run them, and if they enter the Royal, they're going to draw three cards, but then again, if you... What's that card? Um, you run into like a card like Twisted Image, where you can make your own Precursor Golems and Ancestral Recall. I mean, there, there's so many things that can change... You just got to make sure that if you're building a deck with Vengevine, you can't make a Vengevine the way you're going to win. You have to be in addition to it. And I think Urbrass gives that kind of build. So I'm going to try out some red-green builds in the future. I'm going to try out a lot of black-green builds. Uh, <clears throat> pay, pay close attention to green. Green left rug, and left it's, it's the utility with cards like Lotus Cobra and Explore, and trying to get that like really quick craziness. But it's going to gain a lot more staying power <clears throat> and a lot... Uh, I guess, I guess a lot more 
just control aspects to it now that you can get cards back at instant speed. Just, just you know what? I'm gonna leave in this note. Even though Kirk said he didn't really like that card, if I if I'm in just hypothetically, we'll say green black, and I uh, I use either a removal spell or I use that green uh, beast within card to remove a permanent, and then you get rid of you put another one in or you make some other threat. Now that uh, that green regrowth for free or for two life is very relevant because it's like you know what whatever I'm gonna draw. I'd rather draw this right now and then get rid of that, too, and kind of set myself back a turn. It's, it's all about board presence, but just pay attention to the cards. Read the fucking cards, for the love of God. Make your own decisions. I, I do agree with you. Green is definitely getting a lot of tech, a lot of utility. Black is getting some powerful cards, which I know a lot of people are going to be trying to work uh, mono black. I mean, I know I am. I've been running mono black, so I'm going to be tweaking that some more, seeing what I can build, what I can come up with. Uh, what about you, Kirk? What are you looking for? I'm, look, I'm looking more to, I agree with him about the red green, but I'm looking forward to more aggressive archetypes. Considering that people are paying these amounts of life for certain cards, you can probably catch people off guard. And this goes for limited as well, that you can be aggressive when you're playing because you want to put them into that spot where they can't actually pay the life. So you're like Goblin Guides, lightning bolts all day, just kicking their legs no, down. No, no, not even, not even that. But just you know, give, give people, make people think about you know, do I want to pay the life to remove your Vendron, or do I want to pay the life to put that card on top of your library? And that goes for this entire set in general. Yeah, uh, this card, uh, this uh, whole set's definitely going to be uh, changing the game up quite a bit. I'm, uh, I'm actually excited to see uh, what new decks are going to come. What if, if people are hopefully going to be innovating a lot. Which I know a lot of people try and stay away from. That. They just look at tournament lists. They're like, "Oh, well, this deck's winning, so I'm gonna build that to win." I want to see. I want to see some innovation with this new set coming out. I want to see people pick something that's like totally rogue and make it completely viable. Well, unfortunately, know? and I think a lot of Patrick players feel this that innovation is not anything. That's not entirely true. I think this set it leaves open a lot of opportunities for new archetypes to build. It's all a matter of what people choose. I mean. People are still going to be holding on to their call blade. They're still going to be trying to work that out. But I'm pretty sure there's going to be quite a few archetypes that can come out of this that can just outshine it, you know. Put it down, take it out completely. Um, Red-green, like you were saying, seems like it's pretty good. You've got a lot of tech in there. Not a lot of people are going to be expecting it right away, which is awesome. Uh, Black-green, I've been trying to work out a rock deck for the longest time because Blackbeard, I think, works very well together. Now they even have more powerhouse cards and utility cards than ever. And I think uh, it's going to be some pretty powerful decks stemming from red and green, as well as black. So just watch out for vamps with Minecrank. Watch out for a new Tapiromancer's Ascension. Uh, keep looking out for Callblade and... Uh, God for sakes, please look out for Splinter Twin. I thought I'd never say that. Remember, Viral Drake, number one pick, limited bomb. Take it. Really good card. I hear it wins games. Uh, we'll find out, though. We'll see a lot of stuff. All right, and uh, I guess that's it for this uh, podcast. Uh, it's uh, RTFC episode uno. It's Spanish for one, right? Yep. Still Tony, this guy's still Phil. Yes, I am. Kirk still, still hates a wish Norn, and um, we're gonna leave it on that. Uh, if you have any uh, comments, concerns, questions you want to leave us, you can email us at rtfcpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, if you want to join a mailing list, we don't have one right now. Also, our website doesn't exist, but it will very shortly. Or it does right now, and I'm going to be editing this to say it is. So on that note, uh, you know, keep playing the game and uh, RTFC. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. <laughs>